Welcome back, my name is Rob Wong, this is The Great Zate Guy, and today I'm going to be giving you 10 tips and one rule that you cannot violate, that you absolutely cannot, cannot sidestep if you hope to improve your dating results. So this comes at the tail end of what I would consider to be my my greatest, <laughs> my greatest dating success. Um, with someone who I would have previously considered to be way out of my league. Um, first off, she's my height. Um, she's probably like a nine in my book. Um, and she meets a lot of the things that I'm looking for right now, in terms of being very active, spiritual, highly compassionate, kind, considerate person who's looking for a relationship. Um, she does healing work. So across the board, this is a strong match. And the way this happened, gents, was the fucking dream. It was the fucking dream um, where you get onto a plane and you're trying to figure out where your seat is and you see a cute girl off in the distance and then, lo and behold, it turns out your seat is the one next to hers. And I gotta say the old me would have biffed this. The old me would have had a really, really hard time with this situation because the old me wouldn't have felt worthy of this situation. I would have felt like I wasn't attractive enough, that I wouldn't know the right thing to say. Um, and even if I did start up the conversation, I'd get so nervous, so nervous about being there that I probably would have just blown myself out of the water rather than, you know, actually getting rejected. But instead, um, what happened was I sat down, I was me for about two hours, um, and throughout the course of that conversation, she started like gradually warming up more and more, leaning in, pressing up against me, and like holding her face like a few inches away from mine while making strong eye contact in conversation. Um, in the end, she got my number. She asked me if she could give me a hug. Um, so things look like they're they're going in a positive direction, right? And this may or may not go the way that I want it to go. But if you have been in a situation where something like this would have seemed impossible, would have seemed that like previously you would have needed to settle on some aspect of what you wanted, whether it was emotional connection, what she was like in terms of her personality, what she was like in terms of her face or her physicality, then understand that when you get to this point and you're having regular conversations with women who match all of those criterion, um, that's a whole new game. That's a whole new world of possibility. And what I'm going to give you here today, actually, I'm going to give you 12 things. <laughs> will get you much closer to that particular, I guess, end result. This is how I got there. First and foremost, let's talk about your online dating game, because that will most likely be where you get the most reps in. If you're doing online dating, this usually means that you're pretty scared of doing in-person approaches and being direct and having direct conversations with women, and that's okay. But as you begin to refine your profile, uh, one of the things that you're going to want to learn how to do is to talk about yourself in positive and assertive tones. That doesn't mean that you spend all of your time bragging to her, trying to convince her that you're awesome in your profile. Rather, this is a process of understanding what 
is worthy about you? What helps you stand out in society and civilization? What have you accomplished with your time? What do you actually authentically enjoy? And just as importantly, it also means talking about what it is that you're looking for. What standard are you holding for the women that come into your life? Right? And this is the part where I used to traditionally just shy away. I would kind of hold back. I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm just looking for someone who's warm and kind. That's not actually true. I'm looking for someone who takes my breath away. I'm looking for gorgeous. I'm looking for smart as hell. I'm looking for someone who makes me laugh, right? And there's a long list of things that I'm looking for. And if you're going online, then you also need to make it clear that you have a standard that needs to be met. <laughs> you have to be willing to hit pass on someone who might check off all of the boxes except, ooh, she seems like she doesn't actually put any effort into her profile. She doesn't care. One word responses. She has one photo, right? She's not trying at all, right? She's not trying at all. She doesn't care about this process. Well, it's time to swipe left. <laughs> she doesn't meet the criterion. You have to be willing to let people go. Here's another point about Lesson number one here, if you hate yourself, it shows up on your profile. If you're scared of being yourself, it shows up on your profile. If you're hurt and unhealed from your last relationship, it shows up on your profile, whether or not you want it to. The way that you communicate is reflective of the inner work that you've done, and she's going to be able to tell immediately. Rule number two, iterate. So this is about training your brain to believe that it's normal to talk to attractive women. That is, women that you find attractive. I don't believe that there are any women out there that are universally attractive. That's not a thing, right? You have to understand that as well. So if you go to South Africa, um, they're really into bigger women, right? And they, they, tell, they, they, they refer to it as like women who have a lot of talent, right? She got a lot of talent. And so there are a lot of examples of things that run counter to what we think as of as normally attractive. So one thing to begin to understand is that if you think someone's attractive, it doesn't mean that she has 10,000 men chasing her, right? It doesn't mean that you have a shit ton of competition. It just means that you think she's attractive. And that helps take a lot of the pressure off, right? You gotta learn to trust your own instincts in this. I'm not pursuing some weird pipe dream. I'm pursuing someone who is attainable for me. And a big part of that process is rewiring your brain to believe that attractive women are part of your tribe. They belong to the group of people that you associate with. So right now, if you go out into the world, are there women that you naturally make eye contact with? Right? You catch their eye, you give them the head nod as they walk by. If that is you, you may notice that there's a specific category of women that you do that with. And for me, that category of women was women that were um, not intimidating to me, which in general meant that there were women that I didn't feel any, any draw towards, any pull towards. You know what I'm talking about? There's no chemistry. There's no like, oh, fuck, I need to talk to her. Those are the women that I would engage with, and those were the women that I used to date. 
for many years. I would say that changed in like the last, probably the last three or four years. But before that, it was kind of just like, ooh, yeah, she's not intimidating. Maybe I can date her. That's the wrong way to go about this. Out of your league is just a mental construct, right? You don't actually know what out of your league is if you're operating like this because you've never tried. You don't have any data. And if you ever hope to escape that cycle, then you must go out of your way to talk to women that you're strongly attracted to instead of avoiding them. Now, this can be done in person, but of course, that, you know, that takes a whole new level of balls. <laughs> and some of you are going to be able to do that. I applaud you if you can just immediately make that transition, but if you cannot, then thankfully there's another way that you can do this, and that is you send the messages, <laughs> you send the messages via your dating app, right? You go on to Match.com or whatever service you like, and you look for the women that you're really drawn to, and you send them a message. And over time, your brain will be like, oh, wait, hold on, I'm used to communicating to these women. You've, because you've given yourself the experience of communicating to these women. And, over time, if you run the numbers game, some of them will respond back. Some of them will be interested in you. Rule number three. This is going to be a long podcast, but it's all solid information. I recommend you listen to the end. Rule number three is you provide good data about who you actually are. And by that, I mean... You keep the game that you're running to a minimum. At most, you're trying out one new rule at a time, and you're paying attention to how it lands. Now, here's the reason why I advocate for that. You need to trust her to know if dating one another is going to be a fucking disaster. Right? You need to trust that she's got that handled. And the reason why you need to trust that she's got that handled is that she has more dating experience than you. No question. There's no question that she has more dating experience than you. That's why you're listening to this podcast. If you had more dating experience than her, you would be a god among men, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, dating would have to be like a full-time job for you. Men don't get the same level of attention as women unless you're in like the top 1% of the top 1%. Whereas any reasonably good-looking girl who's willing to be a little bit suggestive on Instagram or TikTok or whatever immediately has like a million followers, right? It's not, it's, it's not a joke. It, this is a no-effort game for women. You cannot outcompete her in terms of the amount of experience that she has with dating, which means that she knows what kind of personality types will fit for her based off of how you show up and how you represent yourself, which is why it's really, really important that you represent yourself properly. And by that, I mean you show up as who you are rather than trying to pretend to be someone that you're not because she's seen that too and she knows how to pick that out from the crowd. Women are on their guard. They're looking out for this, right? They've been burned before, and they are not willing to repeat that mistake. So you're unlikely to make that work. So give her good data about you. Now that doesn't mean that you sit back and you stagnate and you never look to grow and improve, right? Accepting yourself is different from stagnation. Even at full self-acceptance, there will still be a pull to try on new things, to have new experiences, to learn and to grow. And that's the direction that you need to be headed in. 
And boys, you know what I'm talking about. When you run into a girl on OkCupid or whatever, and she's got a profile and like it's like, I really love The Office, and that's her entire personality. Unless you also really fucking love The Office, you're not, <laughs> you're not gonna get really engaged with this human being, right? Unless she's also like really physically attractive and you're willing to make the sacrifice on personal connection. It doesn't count. It doesn't count because this person hasn't done anything with her life. She's not interesting. And this, this, this last piece might be an arbitrary line in the sand for me, right? Some of you might love that. But for me, it doesn't count. And you better believe that if she has other options, she's going to be looking to select the best one. The same as you if you were in that situation. So which one are you going to pick? Are you going to go for the girl who has the office as her personality? Are you, or are you going to go for the girl who does windsurfing, right? Who studies tantric sex? Who does yoga three times a week? Who runs her own business and can pay for her own bills? Which one are you more interested in? Which one generates more curiosity for you? And if it's the latter, then I would highly recommend that if you want to be attracting that kind of woman, then you need to be representing yourself in a similar way. And not just representing yourself in that way, you need to be living that lifestyle too. Rule number four, sexual tension. This is about push and pull. You are, of course, indicating that you're interested, right? You're dropping little hints along the way, but you are also making fun of her. You're also pretending to reject her. You're also not tiptoeing and careful, right? Because you're not worried about offending her and scaring her off. This comes from the whole, like, non-attachment abundance thing. But that's sort of off track, right? Sexual tension is about having both. That's where that chemistry lies. And if we're honest to ourselves, what we're looking for is a sustained amount of sexual tension across the relationship for as long as we can manage it, right? Because there are going to be certain points in time where it just fades out, it just disappears, and we have to win it back. That's when the tension is gone. That's when one of the elements is missing, right? We're not pushing enough, we're not pulling enough, one of the two. This is the reason why flooding her with attention doesn't work, and this is also the reason why being just a complete fucking dick the entire time does not work. This is also one of the reasons why you need to give her space to breathe. Our brains are really good at habituating, and one of the things that they're the best at habituating to is the people that we spend the most time with. We begin to treat them like they're normal and mundane, and we can't help it. It's actually wired into who we are. And there are a lot of traditions within ancient cultures that make sure that you spend time away from the person that you love so that you can reset the whole thing and really experience them for being the remarkable human beings that they are. I believe the ancient Jewish tradition is that the man is not allowed to touch the woman when she's going through menstruation. Of course, the reasoning behind that is, you know, it could be anyone's guess as to why that's the case. It could be because, like, traditionally it's dirty or whatever, or it's, like, actually good for marriage. But the point is, that's good for building tension, right? Because you get some distance. You become a little bit estranged from this person. You need to sync up again. And that little bit of discomfort is good for relationships. If you go too far in either direction, then you begin to stagnate and lose out. And this applies in the beginning as well.
If you're too worried about losing her, then you're going to recalibrate to be extreme in either direction. You're either going to push too much, be too much of a jerk, because you're like, oh, I got to build up more attraction. Or you're going to pull too much because you want to reassure her that you like her, hoping that she will tell you that she likes you. Now, this is something just to be aware of, and it's really important that you don't get so caught up in this structure and trying to balance it out so it's like 50-50 or whatever, that you lose sight of what's actually happening in reality, which is something that I occasionally do, especially in the beginning, when I rediscover these rules and implement them, right? I was so set on like pushing because that's something that I don't do as much and I need to do more of in the beginning of a conversation with this woman, who again was previously just out of my fucking league. Um, she again, she's like a nine for me. And I was doing the whole like teasing and like not responding for a long time. But the thing about her was she was responding very quickly. It was like immediately at first and then it was half an hour and then it was like a full day for her response. And so it was getting longer and longer and longer the more that I was doing this, which of course, right? Like because in this situation, I'm pretending at rejecting her. I'm play rejecting her. And so if I had not caught that and recalibrated right? If I had not turned that situation around, I would have lost that interaction entirely because I was so focused on playing the game that I was not paying attention to the signs. Now, when she and I text, she replies back instantly, and I have permission to do the same. That's the level of rapport that we've built up. But I would have missed out on that if I was so obsessed at pushing and pulling that I didn't actually check in. Which brings us to rule number five. Admit when you make mistakes to her. One delusion that I used to hold was that I needed to be picture perfect at all times. I needed to be a social god, anticipate every situation, make everyone laugh when they were supposed to laugh, um, come off pitch perfect all the time. One cool thing that happened this year was I got invited to um, an Emmy event called for your consideration and this is where they have like tv shows they screen a couple of episodes that haven't been released yet to a select group of people um and at the end of that show they bring on some of the people who are involved in making the show and the one that i got invited to was our flag means death with taika waititi um and he was there the main star of the show was there the main character who's kind of like the floofy rich guy who wants to be a pirate and what was interesting to see was, you know, both of these people are professionals, they're actors, right? They're comedians, their job is to entertain. And what I loved seeing about that was some of their stuff was lame. <laughs> some of their shit fell flat on its face. They, they were telling jokes and the audience was like giving pity laughs or not laughing at all. And, you know, obviously they found ways to recover or they didn't recover, right? Sometimes it was just awkward. But what was valuable to me was seeing that like, hey, these people are paid to do this. They're paid to do this. They're the world's best at these things, right? They have to be, they're actors. Otherwise they wouldn't have the job. And yet, even they're not perfect. Even they are not perfect. And so what that brought to mind for me and what, what that opened up later on was like, hey, if I mess up in this interaction, it's, it's actually okay, but I need, to, I need to call attention to what's going on here. 
communication is necessary. In one interaction with a girl, I read into things too much. I assumed that she was rejecting me, right? There's a lot there that I was taking up uh, and turning into this story about like, hey, she's really not interested to me in me. Meanwhile, I was not paying attention to what was actually happening, which was she was still engaging. And that's that's a that's another rule here, right? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna come back to that. But like, you don't count yourself out of the game until the game is done. But as a result of my assumptions there, I started kind of like to disengage. I had like the whole like, hey, I'm not sure if we're right with the for each other conversation with her. This whole wall of text, right? And then she didn't respond. So I had to circle back and look, hey, what's actually going on here? Because like if I had nailed what was going on, she would have been like, yeah, you know, I'm not that interested. I don't think this is going to be a fit. Instead, stunned silence. So I went back and looked and it was like, hmm, hey, did I misread things here like heavily? Like here's what I thought was going on. And I'm kind of getting the sense that like, hey, there's another way I could have interpreted this. And she came back with like, yeah, you went off on a whole weird narrative tangent. Um, <laughs> just relax, man. <laughs> and if I had just left things as they were, if I had not owned my mistake, that interaction would have died. For sure it would have been died. It would have ended on a very weird note. I would have missed out. Which brings us to the next point. This situation can only happen when you're busy obsessing about her instead of dealing with your emotions, right? And you know what I'm talking about. When you're in a place of attachment instead of non-attachment and you're just ruminating about her, about where you stand with her, um, this is the time to catch yourself doing that. Oftentimes, this happens when we have an intention that cannot meaningfully progress. Hey, I want to date this girl. I want this girl to ride my dick. Whatever the case may be. You want something, but you cannot make meaningful progress on it. That is where the pain is, right? And in these instances, that pattern will continue to try to advance, and it will cause us pain every single time. You might catch yourself doing that with the dating apps that you've got installed on your phone. Oh, did I just miss a notification? I wonder if someone's gotten back to me. I should just check. It's like, no messages. You have no one that's interested in you. And then it's like, oh, God, I'm in, I'm in worse pain than ever before. <laughs> so suffering, suffering is a pattern that cannot advance. And if you want to feel better, if you want to take this on in a healthy, non-attached way, then you need to learn to replace those patterns with patterns that serve you better, that feel better, that are more reinforcing. For me, when I'm doing that, that's my sign to just stop, turn off my phone, slowly breathe, and only do that, and meditate until those feelings go away. And you do that over and over and over again until it stops showing up as this painful mess, and it might take you a few weeks to get there. And that's what it took for me. But now that I'm here, my results are better than ever before. And chances are you will not have to deal with this again. Right? You will not have to deal with this again if you address it. But you have to address it. That is, if you are playing the game of not settling in love. Rule number seven. Hire a professional photographer. 
hire a professional photographer, pay the money, do the thing. That's one of the things that had me matching with women that were much more attractive than the women that I was matching with before. Of course, I still have some of those women showing up and offering me likes, but now it's a wider range on the scale of 1 to 10, right? Now it's more towards the 7, 8, 9, 10 range. Now this is not the only change I made. I represent myself very differently because I'm a different person, but your photos will help demonstrate that. But it's really important that you have a mix of photos here. They can't all be professional shots. It looks kind of weird. Um, plus, they sort of lack personality in a lot of ways. Right? You want to get a couple of good shots of you smiling and having a good time. But you also want to have shots of you candidly out in the world, doing things among friends, on a hike. Places where you're not so polished and perfect and pristine, right? Women are looking to see if they can get a sense of who you are, if they can feel your personality. And if you're just a bunch of headshots, then you might as well be a collection of stock photos. It's the same as if you had, like, a profile of a woman and it was just all fucking bathroom selfies and she changed her outfit each time. Like, what, what does this tell me about you besides the fact that you're fucking lazy? That maybe you don't have a personality that you're proud of, that you're willing to show and put out into the world. And there's no, there's no problem with that, right? She's still going to attract men with that. But you can also think about how much harder it would be to start up a conversation with someone like that, right? What do you say? <laughs> what do you say? I like the mirror in your bathroom. Outfits number two and five were cute. No, if you want women to initiate conversation with you, if you want them to begin chasing you, you have to make it easy for them to start a conversation with you. And it really helps if you demonstrate more personality on your profile. Think about all the things that you wish women would do in their profiles instead of just being fucking lazy, and then do those things in your profile. Moving forward, rule number eight. Good game is less important than playing the numbers game. So the idea here is that improving with women is more about having experiences with women, not trying to play the perfect set, right? Oh, I adhered to all the rules. I'm winning at the game, but I'm losing with women, right? You might have played pitch perfect game, but that might have gotten you zero results, in which case you are failing, right? <laughs> You're not getting what you want. And you're more likely to get better results if you just iterate more. Again, this is about acquiring the experiences and knowledge necessary, not sitting in the basement theory crafting. The example that comes to mind is one that I've shared on this podcast before. Um, they, this university did an experiment that was also a final exam for a bunch of university students, which is kind of a dick move, if you ask me. <laughs> but here's the way that it went. In one instance, you were graded on one piece that you submitted at the end. You did your best, right, to create the perfect piece. You only had one shot at it. In the other course, you were graded, your final grade was executed based on, hey, how many, <laughs> how many pots did you make, right? <laughs> how many bowls did you make? How many plates were constructed? And you just make as many as you possibly can. And you can probably guess by the tone of this that the group that was told to make as many pieces as they possibly could not only made more, 
obviously they made more. But because they were practicing the entire way, because they didn't care so much about like perfectionism and getting stuck in like, oh, this one has a tiny little flaw. Let me just throw it away. Right. They were just busy doing the work. They not only produced more pieces, they produced better quality pieces than the other group of individuals. The same thing applies to dating. You need to be out there. You need to be interacting with women. Do not get stuck in what the proper theory is. Once you have information, act on it. If you want conversations with attractive women, you need to be messaging like 15 a week at a minimum. And I do mean messaging, not just swiping. You need to be sending them messages. Not only will this boost your attractiveness rating as more women begin to interact with you and the app sees that you're an active user, one or two of those women will get back to you and then you'll start to have conversations with them and you'll get more experience about turning them into your tribe. It'll feel more normal for you to have those conversations and that's where you want to be. Rule number nine, being funny online actually really helps to start the show. Um, This is one of those places where your online game deviates from what's optimal in person. But it's really important that you don't get caught up in playing that game. You cannot be funny guy the entire time. If you try to turn everything into a joke, it just makes it seem like you're fake and trying too hard or trying to like hide information about yourself. Even if you're not, it's going to come off really suspicious to people. Don't forget about transitioning into being real, too. Number 10, being authentic and direct works way better in person. And again, this is about the economics of attraction. Online, she's going to have guys just telling her that they're interested in her, that they think she's hot or whatever, because it's easier to do that online. It's the simplest thing to do. What's the first thing to come to your mind? You're hot. Fuck. Yeah. Of course, (laughs) of course, that's why you're messaging her. You think that she's attractive, but she gets that shit all the time. You will not stand out if that's the way that you message her versus in person. That shit is terrifying is goddamn scary. It takes confidence and balls to do that in person, especially if you're not used to doing it. Guess how often that happens to her in person? Practically not at all, at least compared to what happens online. So you can begin to see how the same behavior is actually not the same behavior. It really depends on context. And it elicits a completely different response based off of where you're delivering it. So there's no golden rule when it comes to game. What you learn in one arena does not necessarily apply in another. It's like assuming that if you know how to surf, you also know how to snowboard. Yeah, there's some overlap, but that's a really bad assumption to make. Which brings us to rule number 11. How to play the game properly is something that you discover over time. And for me, it was discovering that it's not actually playing the game at all. It's just learning really high-level social skills and then making them normal, making them a part of who you are. Being the person that's not afraid to start conversations or look bad or get rejected. right? Being willing to go for what you want. Being willing to stop being ashamed about who you are. But even with all of that said, there is no rule book here. What I'm saying is not the absolute truth. It's the absolute truth for me. But it might not apply to you. And you gotta do you. right? You gotta figure out what feels good for you. 
and gets you results. If I look at what happens um, for me and another buddy of mine that's recently gotten back into dating, we trade notes, right? And this dude is getting dates left and right. He's gone on like five dates. Meanwhile, I have gone on zero dates. But there's a difference here, right? He's kind of out there to get experience. He's going for women that like may or may not be a fit for him. Whereas the women that I'm in conversation with, they're a really good fit for me. They're nines and tens in my book. And the conversation is very deep, very connected. I know that if I ask these people out, when I am available for it, they're going to say yes. But if you were just to look at the numbers, it'd be very clear and obvious that I was losing, right? <laughs> it's like, whoa, I'm way behind. I need to get more dates. And that's not actually true. The difference here is just the personal approach and style. He's a reasonably good-looking white dude, and I'm an Asian guy, and that speaks to different demographics of women. Right? There are different psychological profiles happening here. And so what I say that works for me might not be a fit for you. And it, it is up to you to figure that out. And the only way that you can do that is by going out and trying out this stuff. Now, I'm going to include these last two rules because they are two things that you absolutely cannot violate. You cannot violate these rules if you want to get better at dating. Right? If you want to get results, you cannot violate these rules. So here's the first one. She hasn't rejected you unless she disappears for a couple of weeks and stops responding, right? Unless she rejects you to your face. Anything outside of that, you're blowing yourself out of the water, right? If there are no signs outside of that, that she is like done with you, then you're likely in your own head and you're your own worst enemy here. If you walk around with the rejection mindset, if you're always looking out for signs of you being rejected, then that's going to become your reality. You will always find the signs of you being rejected. And that was me for a very long time, man. That was me for a very long time. Um, I remember going to Taiwan and I had like booked in a, or there was a barbershop that I wanted to try out. Um, so I walked on over there. I was with my girlfriend then at the time. And there were people inside. Um, but the door appeared to be locked and there wasn't a handle on the door, right? I pushed at it a little bit, didn't really budge, seemed like it was stuck. So then it was like, oh, I guess, I guess I got to give up on this. Meanwhile, my girlfriend goes and then she pulls on the door and then lo, lo and behold, they're open, right? The handle just fell off. They're still in business. There's obvious signs that they're still in business, but I was so deep in that rejection mentality. I was so defeated that I didn't have the opportunity to seize an opportunity that was right there in front of me, right? Really good barbershop. I got the greatest fucking haircut in my life for like under $20. It took them an hour and a half to cut my hair. <laughs> and I would have missed out. I would have missed out unless she had done something in that situation. And so you want to be cognizant of this. Do you often feel like you're getting rejected all the time? Are you constantly on your guard, constantly worried about getting rejected? And if you are, then this is a behavior you need to retrain. This is a behavior and a pattern you need to look out for. Because odds are you're not getting rejected nearly as often as your system is telling you you are. Which is one of the reasons why Scott and I focus so much on dealing with the emotional component. It doesn't matter how much theory you have. If you're convinced that every woman has rejected you when she's not, then you're going to experience nothing but rejection, but it's going to be because you inflicted it upon yourself. 
And if you want help with that, talk to Scott because I'm not <laughs> I'm not doing dating coaching anymore. <laughs> but Scott is, and that dude is devastating. Uh, I think you know how to reach him, but I'll include his website on this podcast just in case you don't. And here's the final rule. And this is more of like a statement of fact than it is like, hey, you need to do this thing. Although it is a little bit of that as well. It's always easier. It is always easier when she likes you first, when she makes the first move. She's clearly interested, right? You'll always have more success with these women. The problem is you don't have a choice, right? These women are a grab bag. Some of them are not going to be a very good fit. Um, one of the things that's a deal breaker for me is like, is she hardcore Christian? Can't hang. Cannot hang. I believe in a lot of things they believe, but there's so much dogma there. It's so boring and it's so conservative, right? And sometimes I'll have these beautiful, gorgeous women reaching out to me and then it'll be like, oh yeah, but she's got two kids. <laughs> oh yeah. And by the way, she's a hardcore Christian. And that's a deal breaker, right? I can't do anything with that. I can't do anything with that. And so if you want her to chase, then that's the risk you got to take. Some, you're going to be settling in that situation. So it's really important to balance that out. You also have to be on the hunt. You got to be out in the world talking to people, not just women, just people in general. You got to learn to love talking with people. And you also have to be on those apps messaging people that you think might be out of your league. You got to try anyway, right? If you stick with any one of these individual strategies, uh, it's very likely to lead to suffering because you can't meaningfully progress on them or you get very little feedback or reinforcement about it. But if you're doing both, that's enough to convince your brain, at least it was to convince my brain, that, hey, this is the new normal. This is how we operate in the world. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's the most powerful place that you can be. And if I can offer one final piece of advice, the thing that I think will help anyone the most with their dating is beginning a meditation practice. And I'm talking about a serious meditation practice, like an hour a day, an hour a day. And you will see unbelievable gains in terms of the way that women respond to you and the kinds of women that show up in your life in general at that point. You'll understand once you start doing it. And at first it's going to be hard as hell, but keep it up for a month Man, the world begins to change. And that, that is all the time that we have for today. My name is Rob Wong. This is the Great Date Guy Podcast. And if you got something out of this, then head on over to whatever platform this is hosted on and leave us a rating or a review. Leave me a comment on greatdateguy.com. And as always, I will catch you next Thursday, 8 a.m. Pacific time. Peace.